It is party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Brather Show here from the Mothership, which is Studio 22, the Puppet Master Mark driving us into the nether regions. I like it when you do the countdown, Mark, and you're like, five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> like, we got to do this thing again. Oh, Candice, the queen of the Ethiopians and the Puppet, and the puppet Master over there. Uh, let me tell you something, guys. This weekend, this weekend... I want you to do as much research on Reddit as you can and make me rich on Monday, okay? That's what I need to happen. I can DC. actually do that, yeah, because I'm, I'm doing that for myself, so it'll be a dual-purpose research venture. So yesterday was one of the... I've been in the stock market for a long time. I've, I've, I've been serious about it. I've played with it, dabbled with it. Yesterday's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Very true. But it shows you the power of, of, of social media... When people come together and try to do what they did, and and for those of you who don't know, obviously they they were sticking it to the hedge fund managers. They were saying we're going to get together, we're going to we're going to take these stocks like Blockbuster and GameStop and Nokia and BlackBerry and these these you know AMC theaters, and they ran them through the roof. Some of them. I mean, uh, I think the. GameStop went from like seven, like whatever, 20 bucks, I'm just guessing, up to like $400 a share. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. How'd the market do for you, Steve? Yeah, I didn't do too well. (laughs) (laughs) Paycheck hit my bank account, though. So that's good. good. Yeah. Not the one from the Blaze, though, the one from you. The one from me. (laughs) So I was trying to make sure that I got that money back. We got special guest Dave Rubin from the Rubin Report, uh, author of Don't Burn This Book, sitting in studio with us. Welcome. We're going to have fun today. I uh, am glad to be here, Chad. And and real quick, I should tell you, I'm not an expert in yeah. the market. However, my first job out of college when I was doing stand-up at night, and you know, you have to have all kinds of weird jobs during the day, yep. I was assistant manager at Electronics Boutique, which was eventually acquired by GameStop. So really? I, I moved... Pokemon, Zelda, Mario, the whole thing back yeah. then. I don't know if that is directly related to what's happening right now, but I feel like it would give a little color. I, to the yeah, my, well, my <laughs> probably all because of you. I it's, think it's it has something to do with you. Me. You could not get Pokemon Red if you didn't go through me on That's Game right. Boy back in '99. <laughs> yeah, you built that, <laughs> Dave Rubin. You built that. That was a weird thing, though. Uh, and of course, I woke up this morning, and a lot of some of those stocks that they push, like American Airlines. Already owned them, right? Uh, already had them. So it was kind of interesting to watch what was going on early this morning and late yesterday afternoon. But I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. I love capitalism. I love, it's a beautiful thing, man. Competition. It's Right now what we're seeing truly, it's, it's just an extension of everything else happening in society. It's the people versus the system. Yeah. The system is the hedge fund, guys. The system is, oh, can we profit on destroying businesses and mm-hmm. crushing them? Can we suck more out of them? And the people are like, no, you can't. We want to get in on this too. And then what happens? The system hits yeah. back. And then now you've got the, the trading apps like Robinhood saying, no, 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 guys, too many, too many of you peons are making money making too money. many of you are manipulating the system we like it when our guys manipulate the system not when you guys do so now they're closing trading on that i mean it really is it's truly extraordinary what's happening right now yeah i'm trying to put a call option on one of those stocks this morning just to see if it would run and they canceled the order uh and i thought i have never of all the years i've done options trading i've never seen 
that happen yeah. in that way. This you is, can't even look up the stock ticker. You can't even look up the ticker uh, and see it listed on an app like Robinhood. This is the movie Trading Places. Remember Trading yeah. Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd? This is it come to life. Yeah. Except instead of uh, orange juice frozen concentrate, it, we're talking <laughs> about GameStop. But that's exactly what happened. Doesn't end well for the Duke brothers. No, it's it's, it's insane. They'll be out there begging in the street. Yeah. But, but you know what? I think this is a perfect example played out in, in real life people keep saying what can we do what can we do to fight the system what can we do to fight because they feel like there's tyrannical government they feel like they've been taken over they feel like that they've lost faith in institutions and this is a perfect example of what happens when citizens when the average person gets together and says okay we're going to buck this system well look we've watched our educational institutions collapse right we've watched our cultural institutions collapse our political institutions so why wouldn't the financial institutions be next yeah it kind of feels like sort of fun right now like there's this weird like oh maybe we can stick it to the man kind of thing the thing is you know the system always finds a way yeah. and what they'll do after this who knows so they're, yeah. they're you know it kind of like right now we're in this moment of like oh yeah we feel kind of good like we the people but the system and the monster, whatever that thing is, that machinery, yeah. it always finds a way. Finds a way. It's yeah. a big blob. So, Candace, that's your assignment. You got till Monday to make me rich, okay? Because by Monday, they'll have it all figured out. We're going to have fun today on this I show. I need a Candace. I, I no, don't everybody on my team a, that's making me rich. They're taking all my money. She's the queen. That's, yeah. why, that's why everybody needs a Candace. And Mark locked it down, put a ring on that finger. You son of a... Hey, <laughs> uh, with everything going on these days, it's easy to get stressed out, and that wears down your immune system. That's why I want to recommend you take Field of Greens every day. Make sure you're giving your body everything it needs to stay healthy. Field of Greens is packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables, plus green tea, ginger, turmeric, and beets, it's like having a bunch of fresh fruits and vegetables in a jar. Field of Greens can support heart health, your immune system, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion, plus it's pre and probiotics. So basically it does everything you need. Field of Greens is good for everybody, old, young, even the athletes. Just put a scoop in a glass of water, stir it up, drink it, and you're done. You can drink it while you're making your coffee. It takes just a few seconds and you'll feel the difference. Go to BrickHouseChad.com. Get 15% off your order. With the promo code CHAD, I spell it Chad, at checkout, easiest and fastest way to start living a healthier life. Available in multiple flavors. That's BrickHouseChad.com. Go to BrickHouseChad.com. Use promo code Chad. We'll be right back. So you released uh, Don't Burn This Book last year, uh, phenomenal book, and you, you were on via uh, Skype with us uh, back when at the release of the book, and it seems to me the book did really well. We did even, all right. Even through the, the craziness of coronavirus. We had a call. The book came out on April uh, 28th, I believe. And we had a call about a month before with the head of uh, yeah. Penguin Random House, you know, one of the biggest publishers, all the higher ups on the call basically saying, let's delay it. Let's delay mm -hmm. it. And, you know, when you write these things, I had finished writing the book in uh, by June, basically July of 2019. The book was coming out in April of 2020. So I had been sitting on it. You know, those ideas that yeah. I had been going through in my head for years already. I wanted that thing out. And April, it's hard to remember back now because the world just moves so fast. But yeah. I was I wanted it out and I just felt, man, if we sit on this, if we just delay it, it's like 
Well, okay, then June will roll around and they'll say, well, the pandemic's still here. Let's still delay it, delay it, delay it. So I was just like, let's get it out. So yeah, we we crushed it. I, I didn't get to tour, which kind of sucked. I was telling you right before we started, like I miss being out there with the people. We had a, we had a huge nationwide tour, which hopefully, you know, if things eventually open up, I'll, uh, I could at least do some stuff in Texas and Florida, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it did well. And, you know, basically I'm laying out all of the reasons that were in this crazy situation. I was warning all this craziness with the left, all of the race stuff, identity politics, all of big government, all of the stuff. It's, it's what I was talking about here. And I guess, uh, I guess yeah. people caught on. I've written a, a manuscript. It's called Am I Crazy? Basically around the same kind of I- idea, the same kind yes, of premise the of, answer. of either, either the world is crazy or I'm, yeah. well, I've lost it. Yeah. And, uh, man, we've gotten so much pushback in the last year. People just saying, eh, we're just not going to publish conservative. They're, they're burning the book before it's even written. Had a call. I've got some guys if you need somebody. I, I'm probably going to yeah, talk to you. Yeah, I've got some guys. Yeah, yeah. Had a call yesterday with a, with a publishing group yesterday. And, and now I'm at a point where I'm just thinking maybe my book is shitty. Like nobody. <laughs> nah, probably, probably not. Maybe, maybe it is, but probably no, not. It's, probably it's, not. Um, it, it, you know, but the, the whole thing, the whole, this whole deal of, uh, it, it's like a virtual book burning that's going yeah. on right now. That's why I titled it. Don't exactly. burn this book. The, the, I, the idea wasn't that suddenly that these lefties or progressives, or whatever, were going to literally be burning my book. But what they did, which I knew they were going to do was they coordinate on Reddit and all of these sites yeah. to then attack Amazon reviews and tack your reviews everywhere. That is sort of a modern day book burning. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they're not going to go out there. This is, we're not fortunately at the Reichstag fire yet. You know what I mean? Like we're not right. there yet, but there's other ways to try to suppress information. When you, when you send thousands of trolls to crush Amazon reviews or whatever it might be, the idea that you're doing there is the same thing of, of burning a book. You don't want those ideas mm-hmm. exposed. Now, ironically, they ended up pointing a, shining a light on the book and I got a lot of good press off it. So yeah. I was able to talk about it more and they, they were doing exactly what I predicted they would do. Um, but I'm guessing if, if the publishing houses aren't thrilled with your book, it's, it's probably good. But also keep in mind, once they say that everyone that they disagree with is a Nazi, yeah. is, a, is all that worse stuff, then why would they publish your book? No right. matter how obviously not Nazi your book is. Not yeah. Nazi, there you go. Not you know Nazi. what I mean? Like it's, you could title it, not, I'm not a Nazi. <laughs> they, oh, only a Nazi would say that. <laughs> you know? So it's like, that's- Methinks thou doth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A little too much yeah. protesting over there. But that's, that's the point. That's what's so dangerous about this, that once they start labeling everybody all of these things, well, then if you worked at a publishing house and you were just infected with these terrible ideas all the time, yeah. well, then Chad Prather rolls around or, or just anyone, anyone that's libertarian, conservative, whatever it might be, wearing a cowboy hat, scary stuff. That's scary, dude. Yeah, didn't the Nazis wear cowboy hats? Pretty, the Nazis were cowboys. They yeah. probably but, owned guns and <laughs> racist. That, and of course, well, that goes without that's, saying. So, but that, it's that situation yeah. that you then have these, that's why it destroys institutions. That's mm-hmm. why social justice destroys institutions. You bring in people, you hire them to do jobs. What What is your job as a publisher of a book? It's to publish good ideas, get mm-hmm. ideas out there, sell books. Okay, little exchange of ideas and money, pretty good. But once you say, okay, we're not going to touch this set of ideas because we've been told these people are horrible. Well, congratulations. You're going to destroy your own bottom line, the own, the own, the mission statement of your company. Mm-hmm. And that's why these things are crumbling. So at this point, I would say, let them crumble. Yeah, let them crumble. And let you'll it, find let, a way to publish the book. Let I, it I guarantee in. you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've even considered do you, it, at some point, you know, people talk about self-publishing and all these kind of things. There's just so many different routes, but 
you're right because it's it's telltale it, when you start seeing the act I, look i wear a cowboy hat for a purpose one i grew up in the horse world two i was doing a television when i went viral the first time i was doing a television show about horses this yeah. was the deal people became to know me as that well then when i started getting into what my passion was which was talking about culture and how politics affects that uh i wanted people to think here's this redneck hillbilly yeah. who, oh, yeah. who doesn't should not know anything but may surprise you with some of his logic and, and, and intuition and intellect. Uh, so I've kept it along. But I love the fact that people come at you and they judge that book. Because I've always said, I've always said, regardless of who you are, people want to put you in a box, label the box, put the box on the shelf. Yeah. And then as soon as they walk past that box, they're like, ah, that's Dave. Dave, I know Dave is this, 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 and this. And I don't have to deal with Dave. I don't have to pull him back out of the file. And, I, and, and part of me as a sociological experiment loves that. But we're getting to a point now where it's getting dangerous. Someone called me the other day, they, or they call me online, they call me a, a, a terrorist. And I'm like, this starts to get a little bit scary when you start throwing around words that you really shouldn't be throwing around. Well, that was that was the game they've been playing for years. You yeah. could you could find videos of me like five years ago saying when I was still a lefty at the time. Right. Okay, I was still I was a Democrat. I was a lefty saying, "Hey guys, we I meant me, our side, the left, the libs. We have to stop labeling everybody Nazis because it's not what you're doing to them. It's what mm -hmm. you're doing to yourself. And and Trump is the perfect example of this. It's like, all right, you call this guy Hitler. His supporters are all Nazis. Well, then what happens? which basically happened for four years when there was some good stuff happening. The economy was doing well. We got rid of regulation. We lowered taxes. We didn't start wars. A lot of good stuff started happening. Let's put aside the pandemic for a sec. A lot of good stuff's happening. Well, you can't suddenly be like, you know that guy I've been calling Hitler? <laughs> Turns out he's pretty good. One bad. That Hitler's pretty good. So what you do is you paint yourself into an intellectual corner mm -hmm. and then you're stuck there. And then what do you do when you're in that corner? Well, you're like a wounded animal and all you can do at that point is lash out. Yeah. So that's why they've made the move. You're right. They've made the move from, okay, you guys are racists, you're deplorables, you're Nazis. Now what are you? You're domestic terrorists. Mm -hmm. That's not to defend the people that actually did sure. violence at the Capitol. Should be condemned completely. But but they're tra trying to take that wide swath of us yeah. and go, all of you, it's not just that you're racist now, you're, you're domestic terrorists. You're also suffering from misinformation and disinformation mm -hmm. that you get on those scary right-wing networks. You should be deprogrammed and reprogrammed. De I mean, that, that's quite literally what they're saying. It's exactly it. And so what do you do? Uh, you have to reset things. And so you have how many now? 35 executive orders? 36. 36 in a matter of a week. One just went down. Yeah. <laughs> no, I expected two more, I think, today or tomorrow. Or but I mean, on the political side yeah. of things, and I want your take on this, because, it, because I was thinking about it this morning. They so anticipated Hillary Clinton winning that election that it was going to continue on the the Obama regime that was eight years was going to continue on for eight years of Hillary Clinton. Trump came in there, upset the apple cart, reversed a ton of things. So now they have to get it back on track as yeah. quick as possible. Well, that's what's happening. Yeah, that's what you're just watching the swamp reconstitute itself mm -hmm. it's sort of what I was saying about the, how the machine always finds a way. Yeah. So the machine screwed up. Right. It, it allowed Trump in somehow, you know, and, and it didn't want it to happen, but it happened. Then we have four years of it. OK, Trump's gone. Now the machine starts really coming back and you see the way they come back in this very 
kind of gross way. Like you bring mm. back people that have never done anything good. John Kerry is suddenly back in action. Yeah. What has John Kerry ever accomplished? Nothing. Mm. Absolutely nothing. But suddenly John Kerry's going to fix the environment. Can you believe it? And he's going to fix the environment under that guy, Joe Biden, who's been uh, in government for 47 years, didn't really do much of anything apparently because the whole thing is a racist state that we've got here and capitalism's evil and we yeah. have no equity and all this stuff that he's talking about now. And I guess he had the answers the whole time. Totally forgot to tell Barack. He was just waiting. Just why didn't he tell Barack? He Maybe was a little waiting. hint, you know? And he passed an executive order, what, yesterday or the day before, that ended racism. Yeah. he's So that was it. it took care of it. Just the stroke of a pen. Yeah. It's incredible. I feel sorry for the summer rioters because they didn't get the title insurrectionists. I know. White people got that title. You'd think at the very least you're burning down all of these targets. <laughs> you're burning down all of these pep boys. It's like, could you get the good label? You know what? It, what I'm just, a hoodlum. I'm just a hoodlum. It's just white a hoodlum. Privilege, I want to be an insurrectionist. They yeah. got in. They got. We got. Well, the white folks got called insurrectionists. The, the black riders, not so much. They got yeah. stuck with it. Yeah. But no, I, I, I'm, I'm watching this, and, and he's not done. I mean, he's going to keep stroking the pen. Yeah. He's going to keep going with that. Well, thing. the question is, I was talking about this with, with Glenn this morning on his radio show. Hate that guy. The, <laughs> that Glenn Beck. You <laughs> Glenn know? Beck. I'm coming for you, Beck. <laughs> yeah. um, but I was talking about it with him this morning. Like, who's really in charge is the question. Like, Biden, when he's sitting there, you can see those videos. He's oh, sitting yeah. there. He's mumbling and fumbling. You saw the one where he couldn't he figure out how in, to get yeah. his pen in the, in the jacket pocket. Yeah. And it's like, does he know what he's signing? He leans over. He Even his ability to read is kind of slow. His energy levels are awful. It's like, who's really driving the forces? Mm. Is Biden, is 78-year-old Joe Biden suddenly obsessed with equity? Yeah. Is he suddenly obsessed with racial and gender equity like yeah. it just happened? Or is it possible that someone else is pulling the strings there and they're just waiting for Kamala to burst forth yeah. from uh, his There's belly? no question the marionette is there. Uh, and I think in choosing Kamala, I think they knew that the puppet master, uh, no offense to you, Mark, but they knew the puppet master could control Kamala as well once she's oh, yeah. on the scene. Oh, yeah. How, I long mean, do you, how long do you think Biden is on the scene? <sighs> See, my guess is he's got to go at least three years because yeah. if she serves for one, she can still do two terms. So I don't know. I, I mean, does he even last that long? Right. So, A, there's the general, just general health and how long can they hide the cognitive stuff? Like, it's yeah. obvious. I don't take any great pleasure in that. My, right, right, my, sure. grand, my grandmother had dementia. I spent a lot of time with her and took, took care of her and took her to a lot of doctors. I know what it's like. It, it's a horrible, horrible disease. I'm not saying he has dementia specifically, but something is not right cognitively. And we all know it and we're sort of not allowed to talk about it, you know? And, and it's like, well, well, what is that? So what I've been saying about this is that the scandal is the non-scandal. The mm -hmm. scandal is not that he, something's wrong with him. The scandal is that no one's allowed to talk about it, that one day they're just going to announce. It's just going to happen. You'll see it. It'll, just on CNN one day, they're going to say, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we, uh, we just got word that President Biden has been uh, diagnosed with blah, blah, blah. And they're going to pretend it's like this thing that none of us had any clue about, you know? So I, how long is it going to last? My guess He's going downhill pretty quickly. Two years, maybe, that they can hide it, and then eventually they'll just—they won't be able to hide it. And you, you I'm sure, remember some of the Reagan stuff at the end, but that yeah. was before the internet. Now the clips go viral, where he doesn't know what he's saying and he's mumbling and says things backwards and makes up crazy stories or he snaps at people. We've seen all this stuff, and and the irony, of course, is that the media treats him like a kid anyway. Yet he still has those moments where he snaps and and yeah. all that and so, it'll be it'll be a voluntary step down when he does it yeah oh, he, of course. to make it look good like hey you know i've come to a point where i realized that yeah 
something's not right. Th- yes, it'll be voluntary. They're not gonna they're not gonna force him out in that way. It would look too obvious or whatever. But they'll just say, "Time, you know, now's now's your time, buddy. We're we're done. And, it's over and, with." Yeah. And I, it, let's put it this way: I I bet on my show that I said I will I will retire. I will retire if he is president at the end of the four years because that's how convinced I am yeah. that it, it just won't be. He doesn't. He doesn't swing his arms when he walks. That's a sign of dementia. That's it, that's interesting. If you watch him walk, he just he doesn't swing his arms like men swing their arms. Yeah, when they walk, uh, he doesn't. They're right there by his side. The is that time. actually a sign of dementia? That, that's like a sign like, of dementia. It has something to do with balance. Uh, I probably. With, I was talking to a neurosurgeon who was telling me that he, he said just watch him when he walks. Uh, and, and that's, that's an interesting tell Yeah, there. Did you, did you see that, uh, signing ceremony or whatever it was about a week ago where he finishes at the podium and it's very clear he doesn't know which way to go, yeah. which is fine. Look, you know, like you, you've been on stage. Sure. Sometimes you forget you're doing a zillion, you know, appearances. Sure. Okay. Was stage door that way or that way? But he's, he kind of looks, he doesn't know where he's going. Then he fiddles with his papers a little bit. And then there's a moment that he just stares off into nothingness. Did you see mm-hmm. this? He just, and he looks like a scared child. Mm-hmm. Something ain't right. No, something ain't right. right. It ain't right. Uh, but at least he's not orange, huh? That's yeah. exactly right. He's not orange, so it's all right by me. <laughs> no, the press secretary. It, it, she's, it, orange. she's orange. She's orange. Oh, she's a piece of work. Saki's stupid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, I know it'll make you happy getting your best credit score. The average American has 97 points that they could add to their credit score. That's 97 points, but they don't have any idea how to get them. Well, Scoremaster knows how. Scoremaster isn't credit repair credit science and it helps you get your points fast in fact the average score master user adds 61 points in 20 days or less and getting your plus points fast can save you a fortune before you apply for a loan or a credit card so if you're thinking about refinancing your home or buying a car score master is what you need it's also great for business owners who use their credit score to finance their business a score master is great for those mortgage brokers who need uh, an edge and love getting their clients better deals. Uh, it's great for everybody, quite honestly. I'm using it. Uh, it's pretty interesting to watch. It even shows you the score consequences of spending too much or even identity theft. No one else does what they do. So you can enroll in just a few minutes and see how many points you can add to your credit score and how fast. Visit scoremaster.com slash Chad. That's scoremaster.com slash Chad. Hang tight. So, Dave, every time you come here, I know that you're constantly being one, your arms twisted to move to Texas and because we, we love you and we want you here. And the um, you get asked a lot, is California going to fall off into the sea? Are you sick of living in L.A. and all that? And you've talked about moving to different places or potentially just yeah. the thought of it. Yeah. But it's weird to watch these states. Uh, you've mentioned you got family in Florida. Yeah. I was just listening to a uh, congressman from, from South Carolina this morning talking about how many New York license plates are in South Carolina. We were just doing shows in Florida, and, and I can't tell you how many New York acts, solid New York accents yeah. were in the audience. Yeah. Um, and then people say, you know, I, I've got T-shirts and merch out, don't California my Texas. And we're seeing it, though. By and large, Texas is becoming more and more purple. Florida, uh, depending on what part you're in, tends yeah. to be a, oh, still yeah. a little red. Ron DeSantis, I think, is doing a good job. I don't think our governor, uh, Greg Abbott, is doing so great. Uh, now he's backpedaling. 
but I'm going to beat him in 2022. So I'm going to primary. There you go. Him. Yeah. So just, You're going to do it. Oh yeah. I'm going to kick his ass. That's what I like to hear. Kick his ass. Coming for you, Greg Abbott. Right after I take Glenn back. I joked on one Fox News appearance that I was going to run. It was half joke. Like, I just kind of said it. And then I was like, yeah. maybe I'm serious. I was like, yeah, if, if Newsom gets recalled, I'll run for governor. Yeah. Now, everywhere I go, people ask me, you run for governor? You yeah. run for governor? That's the that's the state of the world. The world is so screwy yeah. that a YouTuber gets up there <laughs> and says, I'm going to run for governor. People are like, the Messiah Thank is God. here. <laughs> so I was with Don Jr. Uh, in, in I was at the I was at the speech that Trump gave on July 3rd at Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. I stayed at the uh, Calvin Coolidge's uh, Summer White House the night before there in the Black Hills, beautiful area. And um, Junior was there, had an extra glass of wine that night. And I was like, you know what? I'm so pissed at Greg Abbott. And I got on Twitter and I said, that's it. I'm running for governor of Texas in 2022. People jumped on that with both feet. Now, Dave, not a single day goes by. I yeah. don't get asked, are you serious about this? But what does that tell you about yeah. everything else that we're talking about here? That the system is failing and we know that the system is failing. Mm -hmm. That we've we've run through 250 years of America that has been the most extraordinary experiment ever that everyone could come here and make a better life for themselves and everyone did it. Yeah. But then this thing, this infection appeared, this woke thing, it got into the system. And it's like a virus. It's very easy to catch because mm -hmm. these ideas are so stupid and bad that they all sound right. You know, that everyone else is racist and you must be great and victimhood is good and all these things. It infected the system and now it's causing everything to collapse. So it's like the guys that have been in charge that mm -hmm. are hanging on forever, they got to go. And it's like, yeah, why not, Chad? Yeah. What? Like the whole thing's so wacky. He's I one of us. Know, he's got a cowboy hat. Yeah. Seems nice, likes whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter if he doesn't know anything about That's anything. Exactly it's just, right. But people are like, yeah, let's just try it. And and I would rather that game at this point. Yeah. That game, if you had, if you literally were governor of Texas and you just had no idea what you were doing, that would actually, in my mind, be better yeah. than, than someone like Gavin Newsom who thinks he knows what he's doing, right. you know, and, and does all the wrong things. So I've, I've said repeatedly, if, if I ever did it, my platform, I'm not kidding you. My platform would be, we will look at the Newsom platform. I will do completely the opposite. The opposite. Every time he raises taxes, I lower taxes. Yeah. Every time he wants to put money to this, I take money away from it. Yeah. Just reverse it and let's see what happens. That's exactly right. I mean, you, you can't make it go downhill anymore. Listen, you want to know about reverse it? We're on the way to the airport yesterday, coming come here. And my buddy points out, he's like, look at that. There was a, a, a grating on the street that, you know, where the water's going in. Yeah. It had a pipe coming out, water coming out. Like, it's the twilight zone. We got water coming out of our sewers in LA. <laughs> instead of the going down, it's like, instead of going down the drain, we got water coming out. It's like, yeah, we are managed by morons. Well, and, that, it, and the dilemma that we have here in Texas is we have a governor who everybody started out liking. Yeah. And now, now he's almost become irredeemable. Uh, he called a, he called a friend of a mutual friend of ours the other day on the phone. And he said, this Chad Prather guy, why is he riding my ass so hard? Why is he riding? Why? What, what, what's up? What have I done to him? Yeah. It's like, well, you shut the state down. I mean, how many, I just read a post this morning, a longstanding restaurant in, in Fort Worth, a good friend of mine is now opening up a second place. Cause he had to buy this place that was, that went out of business all because of the governor's mandates. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's a sad state of affairs here in Texas. And you got all these people moving in now. So that, that's your point in. is, is if these people come in with the bad ideas that they're yeah. fleeing, 
Well, I, I could I could see being a, a native Texan or a native Floridian and being like, man, we have to stop. I mean, I don't there, yeah. I don't know that there's a legal mechanism, but yeah. if you're just going to come in not realizing that the ideas that you've been voting for, the big government ideas, have been wrong, so you could take a guy like like Joe Rogan, who I think is a good guy, obviously, sure. uh, but you know he left California to move to Texas mostly because of taxes and what he saw happening in California. That of course we all agree with but he was also a Bernie supporter. Mm -hmm. You don't really want the Bernie supporters moving here. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that's just the truth. So it's like, what happens to these states that do it right and then their punishment is they get the refugees who've done it wrong. Yeah, It's a it's a strange bargain. It is a strange bargain. So then you'll have, you have the Joe Rogans of the world that people like, the Matthew McConaughey's of the world that people like. They genuinely like these charismatic guys who, who, who characterize themselves as ultra-centrist, but they're really not. They're really not. Yeah. And it makes well, it a lot more palatable. You're supporting Bernie. You are what you are. Yeah. It, it, so, so be it. Yeah. You, you know, okay. But it makes, it makes that idea of putting someone like that in a place of power or elective, uh, elected office more palatable for, say, a Texan. Yeah. And it says, oh, man, it's, it's, it's all right, all right, all right. It's that guy is <laughs> yeah. going to be just fine. Or, uh, I actually think McConaughey is probably far more conservative than we believe. I, 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 I watched his chat with Jordan Peterson. So, yeah. He gets it. He gets it. Yeah, I think so. And I think Rogan is, too. Yeah. I think a guy like that is probably, a, a, you know, how far can you come out? Yeah. You know? Well, well, you know, if you, you know this. And, and for me as an interviewer, it's like if you sit down with great minds all the time, the beauty of being an interviewer is that you will actually learn along the way. Right. I, I've learned a lot of stuff along the way. And to me, that if you sit down with all of these people, your, your takeaway, I think, if you're a clear thinker, should be that you should always be going towards more freedom yeah less power more freedom more yeah. more human ability to live the way they want to live if if you sit down with all these people and you go the other way then something's not right there so i would love to talk to rogan about the bernie thing yeah. like how did that ultimately come to pass yeah. like if you've sat down how are you going to sit down with jordan peterson learn about the nature of reality and mm -hmm. and human freedom the yearning for freedom and individual rights and then your takeaway is the guy who wants to expand the government. It's just it's just an interesting thing to talk about. It's yeah. not even it's not even a ju character judgment, really. It's just something. And I got to give the credit to, to guys like yeah. McConaughey who are willing to sit down with a Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know because that's that's sort of anathema as it is. Um, you know, the, which is psychotic. The, it really is psychotic, I, dude. I spent a year and a half with Jordan on the road. That is a good man, mm -hmm. not a perfect man, and he never pretended to be. And he's got his own stuff. But the, the, the amount of good that I saw that guy put into the world, the amount of people that were off drugs, mending relationships with parents, yeah. getting better jobs, going back to school, putting aside whatever addiction they had, it was incredible, truly incredible. Yeah, yeah. and just the psychological and intellectual prowess that the guy has oh, yeah. that is just so commonsensical. Yeah. Uh, and people tend to overlook that. Again, we go back to those labels. Somebody, somebody put a label on him at some point in time, and then you put him in the box and you don't want to deal with him. We would, so when we did the shows, usually I would do about like 15 minutes of warm up, just getting yeah. the crowd relaxed to have fun. Cause you're going to have about an hour and a half of pretty heavy lifting with Jordan. You know, it's a mm -hmm. lot of fire and brimstone kind of stuff. So I would do about 15 minutes, get everybody laughing. Jordan would do an hour and a half different every night. So just to try to do that, just a different lecture every night, a hundred some odd shows. I mean, it yeah. was extraordinary. And then at the end we do a Q and A together. But usually when I was doing warm up, I would just have to look in the local paper that day and see what they're saying about Jordan Peterson in town tonight. White supremacists, neo-Nazis, blah, blah, yeah. blah. 
And then I'd look around in the crowd and you'd look and you're not going to believe this. Black people, trans people, gay people, straight people. And nobody cared. Nobody cared. Yeah. They, they were there to fix whatever was wrong in their lives. Yeah. And and they're calling this guy all, all of the worst things. It's a crazy phenomenon. Yeah. That culture we live in. And we've seen it, Steve. You know, we travel on the road and, and somebody will write a bad review or accuse us of something in a local newspaper. And, yeah. It's unfortunate that this guy's coming to town. Ugh. And the next thing you know, everybody's just bombarding the the yeah. event sites on social media and, and calling us everything under the sun it's like do we call in more security nah it'll be fine yeah. because the normal people show up yeah and also it's like i don't mind when people attack me for the things that i actually say you yeah. know what i mean if i say something and then somebody goes after me for it i'm like all right let's we can do this dance it's when they make up things about you. They make up the character. That's what you're saying. Right. That, that it, you're basically a character and they're making up all of what your intentions are. Or they, they feel like they can mine some distant thought that you have right. that you've never actually articulated, but they somehow know something about you. And then they use that to take it down. That's the one that annoys me because it's like you can't, I can box with you and fight with you if you're in front of me, but I can't. I can't shadow box. Yeah. You know, just nothing in front of me that I, makes sense. That's I'm fighting the, the fake me. Yeah. Oh, hang tight. We'll be right back. I was thinking about it this morning. I and and I I've read the book and and I've followed you for a long time. But for those of who don't, for those who don't know. Dave Rubin, you got to be living under a rock at this point. How, what was your journey? Because, because you went from where you were as a lefty. Yeah. I mean, an, I worked, at, I worked at the Young Turks, man. Young I Turks. wasn't just a lefty. I mean, I had yeah. serious brain damage. Yeah. Yeah. You were a terrorist. Yeah. You remember, <laughs> remember, I was the other kind of terrorist. You ever see the Simpsons episode when they figure out why Homer is so stupid and it's because he had lodged a crayon up his nose like 40 years ago and then he takes it out and then he becomes smart, but then he realizes he can't deal with being smart because he's just set up his life in a, such a crazy way. <laughs> so I think funny. I had a crayon up there for a yeah. while and I took it out and everything. No, I mean, look, I, I, I was a lefty. I think most young people growing up in America the, d the default settings are lefty settings, the factory settings, as my friend Bridget Fettesy says, mm -hmm. that, that culture teaches you sort of liberals are good guys, they care about poor people, conservatives are bad, they care about money and war, and these things that just get sort of taught to you by movies, by public education, all of this stuff. And when you wake up out of that, when you have your red pill moment, it all kind of comes clear pretty quickly. And... When I, you know, there, I talk about a few moments that I had along the way. The one that most people know is I had Larry Elder on my show, uh, who's the conservative who happens to be black. And we were talking about systemic racism. And I just, I just said it as if by the nature of saying, well, systemic racism exists just by saying it, it it's real. And he just beat me senseless with facts, 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 facts. And I went into the control room. We were at Aura TV at the time. So it was before I was independent. We had a big control room, a lot of producers. And everybody came up to me and said, Dave, don't worry, we're going to cut that. So it wasn't live. I said, we're going to cut that. We're going to cut that. And I, I remember I had just a very clear moment. I was like, if I'm anything as an interviewer, if I cut the real moment, the real emotional moment, mm -hmm. then I'm in the wrong line of work. And I said, let's leave it. And the next day, you know how it is on YouTube, there's like a gajillion clips, you know, black conservative destroys libtard, you know, the, yeah. the whole thing. 
And of course, when I first saw it, I was like, oh man, this sucks. But then I started looking at the comments and people were going, holy cow, Ruben listened. Ruben listened. He took it. He didn't yell at him. And then from that, I actually started reading some books by Thomas Sowell. I started interviewing other conservatives like Glenn, like Prager, like Shapiro. Mm -hmm. And the truth is the truth. And and it's really as simple as that. And that that set me on the path. Yeah. One of the things that you do uh, or you have done um, is take a break from social media. Oh, yeah. Take a month off. Take some time off. How hard is that to do? So I've done it four years in a row. My August off the grid, no phone, no email, nothing electronic. The only time that I'm even slightly back on is when I hop in my car and there's already GPS in the car. So, but nothing. I don't look at any social media, no news also. I don't watch television. Um, I did it four years ago sort of as just like a, it would seem like a fun test. I was like, you know what? I've worked really hard this year. Uh, you know you know what it's like. You feel that endless scrolling of Twitter. Your yeah. brain is like overheating. I was just like, let me just cool it off. And I did it and it was extraordinary. I felt incredible. I felt calmer. I felt more decent. I had, you know, just time to not be on the machine all the time work out more, eat better, just all of that stuff. Be friendlier. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty friendly guy in general, but like I noticed like little things if I went to the store just to, yeah. you know, pick up some groceries that normally, you know, you're at the store and you're just like flicking through your phone while there's a human standing right in front of you, the yeah. cashier. Well, now I would, hey, how, how you doing? What's going on? And actually have that communication with people. And it seems like nothing, but it actually is something. And especially in a time now where we're trapped in our homes, yeah. And we're, you know, we're online more than ever. I mean, the, 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 the real result of the lockdowns is that we were all addicted to this stuff first. And now we're doubly addicted to it because it's the only way to exchange information yeah. with people. So I've done it now four years in a row and I recommend it to everybody. If you can figure out a way and if you can, look, I know a month is a lot and I have, I have a team that can take care of my businesses to make sure everything's still operating. Sure. But if even if you just do the weekends, I try not to tweet on the weekends, like just figure out some way to get off the machine every now and again, get off that hamster wheel every now and again, because otherwise the matrix is real, man. Like we're in the matrix at this point, our human bodies are organic beings. I mean, this was the point of the movie, the matrix. It needed our organic bodies to keep the digital machine going. Mm -hmm. And it, and basically if you spend more than 12 hours a day online, which a lot of us do at this point, you're just feeding the machine all the time. So I think taking some of that back is, you yeah. need it. You need, at least I need it. Yeah, I it's hard that. to do. It's hard to unplug. Yeah, when I was the last feel- time you did a day, a full day? I, yeah, I, do, I don't even know. I Listen, I took a month off, and this has been years, I'll tell you when it was. It was uh, after the, the Newtown shooting, mm-hmm. uh, the, the school shooting. Yep, yep. I just couldn't deal with that coming at me day day in and day out because yep. that's the only thing that was in the news so i took a month off from i just turned the phone off and that was it for a month yeah. and it really was a liberating thing uh of course that's been a lot of years ago it, that, i mean that's probably about 10 years ago 10 so years yeah so that's you been should a long time just ago. if you just do hey friday night closing up shop for the weekend yeah and i just i'm not you know every now and again It'll be a weekend, and by force of habit, I just happen to open my phone. You know, you do that sometimes. Yeah, sure. You're just sitting there. Instead of having a peaceful moment, you just grab your phone. And I'll look at Twitter, and it'll be a Saturday afternoon. I'm like, man, all of these crazy people fighting about politics on a Saturday, <laughs> Saturday. afternoon. This yeah. ain't right. Like, it's a, it's a mass mental condition. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter basically is a self-imposed 
mental institution. We check ourselves into this mental institution. Exactly. We complain about the mental institution and we forget that the door is not locked. Yeah. You could just walk out, but we all just stand there going, does anyone else realize this is crazy? Yeah, that's what, you know, I've often done a bit about cyberbullying, which is a real thing. But I'm like, you know, cyberbullying, all you got to do is hit the button. And just turn it off. Swipe. You're out of there. You don't get you don't get bullied anymore. Yeah. And these people who go on there with this Machiavellian trait of, of just needing to troll oh, yeah. and that narcissism that is behind all of that is an amazing thing. Uh, I can't even drive without checking it. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Oprah doesn't like when people are on their no, phone when they're uh, driving. I know it, but you know, that's the way it goes. I deleted Twitter. I want Good you man. guys though. Not I, smart enough. Did you I'm delete like, it? That's why you have that happy like, disposition. I yeah. can see it. I did you delete it? it? Yeah, completely deleted the account. I'm no like, kidding. Yep. Look like, at you. I'm done with it. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. So I want to make sure everybody can see this. Don't burn this book, Dave Rubin. Uh, you got to get it. You got to read it. You need to devour it. This is a handbook. Uh, it really is. And I appreciate the effort that you put into getting it written uh, and writing it, getting it published, I should say. And, uh, um, and putting it in people's hands you know you have the uh, that's a galley copy there so before yeah. the final edit and uh there's only i don't know there's maybe 20 of those copies floating around somewhere and in there i had changed a joke because i mm -hmm. had too many star wars references in there my guys know i love star wars sure. and it's sort of become too start you know now that disney has it it's just a it's just a freaking mess and i yeah. finally my editor was like it just it's just one too many star wars jokes so i changed the star wars joke to a transformers joke and but i only change in the editing process because it's just so messy people think it's just like oh you're just writing and it's just straight up but the editing process the way they do it and you're changing stuff and so i have i have a basically you'll love this as a comedian my setup is a star wars setup and my punchline is a transformers, transformers. punchline in there we didn't catch it so that's in there if the 20 people that have that copy that the, the joke uh, the joke makes literally no sense what restroom does a transformers use was that, that, that that's in essence yeah, yeah. They, they were ahead of the game on that yeah. Megatron and Optimus yeah. and the whole crew. You guys have got to get the book. Uh, final thoughts when we come back. Hang tight. Well, I want you guys to uh, where all can people find you? My branding guy is good. It's it's Ruben Report wherever you go. But actually, the, the place that I would really push people is RubenReport.locals.com. So Locals is the tech company I started. Yep. And it's it's my little way of fighting it back against a, a big tech. We're, we're building digital homes, places mm -hmm. where you own your video, you own your audio, you own your data, you set the rules. We got a news feed. There's no algorithmic manipulation. It's subscription-based, so there's, uh, there's no trolls. There's mm -hmm. no bots. And guess what? If somebody comes into your community to tell you how awful you are, well, either you're gonna make money off them or you tell them to go, you kick them out, but that's not kicking them off the platform, that's just kicking them out of your house. Mm -hmm. The same way you would treat free speech in your house. I'm sure you don't sure. invite everybody to, right. you don't invite all the trolls over to come over into no, the house and sit at the not. dinner table. I got table. five kids and I won't fund bad ideologies, that's for sure. <laughs> right, you got enough people yeah, saying exactly. bad things to you all day. Um, but that's so, so really locals is, uh, I, I think one of the ways we will fight back on this. We, yeah. we gotta fight back in many ways not just by building tech we got to build new institutions we got to build new places of education we got to yeah. build it's why i'm so thrilled to work with the blaze it's like mm -hmm. glenn and everybody here in tyler it's like they've actually built something that's theirs that yeah. stands outside of the lunacy you know and, and, and that's what we got to keep doing here yeah. I, I love watching the the success story that is this this progress yeah. of oh, the blaze yeah. and these these great voices like yourself that that are part of it 
uh, I was pretty excited when, when all that stuff transpired and uh, encouraged people all the time, blazetv.com. Um, if you and, build it, they will come. Yeah, and, the, and the, the people are coming. People are coming. So, Dave, thanks for the time. Uh, yeah. I also want to encourage people to go to watchchad.com. It's where all the fun stuff is. We're going to be in Franklin, Tennessee, February 12th. Uh, big show at the Marriott Convention Center. Also going to be in Austin down at the Horseshoe Bay um, Resort, right? Horseshoe Bay yeah, Resort. Horseshoe Bay February, Resort. February 13th and 14th, two nights. Going to have fun down there. we got a lot of shows coming up. So uh, at some point in time, we got to get you back on stage. Let's, let's do it. I was just yeah. about to say that to you. Like, I, I got to get back out there. I, yeah. I would love to join you. Yeah. I went out last night, did a full two, two sold-out shows, all, all Hispanic crowd. Yeah. They're Hispanic comics. And I was like, let's see how this goes over. I will not be doing my build the wall jokes. <laughs> I will not <laughs> yeah, be doing. You know, a lot of them will probably like they, it. They, they, they would laugh. They, they, they stolen like Ninja Warrior courses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, you know, that's, <laughs> I've said get rid of the amnesty courts and let's just build Mexican Ninja Warrior courts. Yeah. They get across did, your Did end. you do the yeah. stolen truck joke? I didn't do the stolen yeah, truck joke either. do that no, one either. No, left it alone. Hey, the Ruben Report, rubenreport.locals.com. That's it. it. That's All right. It. Hey, I love you guys. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Bye. Thank you.